Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the In and Around podcast. I'm your host, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Dave Harris. Hello. And Mike Breslin. Hello. Um, if you're new to the In and Around pod, um, what it is is the three of us get together every week and we... Uh, we debate, we talk about, and we give usually terrible opinions about everything going on in and around the football world. This week we're going to answer a, a listener's question from a few weeks ago, actually, about VAR. Is it killing the game? Is it being let down by the laws? Is it just bad in England or is it bad all over? And we're also going to give you a bit of a transfer roundup, who we thought won the window, um, and we'll then get into the Premier League action from the weekend. Leicester-Chelsea was a big game that made me tear my hair out. Um, Man City Spurs was as expected uneventful um, and then we'll uh, we'll just get into talking about another question we've had from listeners about coming off last week's discussion about fan culture are football fan channels a good thing or are they a bad thing but before we get into all of that um, gents how are you I'm okay Will uh, a little bit ill but not as ill as you um, yeah, I should apologise actually if I sound slightly more nasally than usual or even if you can't tell the difference, uh, I'm actually at Death's Door, <laughs> coronavirus, who really knows? Um, Brez, yourself? Yeah, a bit better than you guys to be fair, so I'm looking forward to get going with this. Yeah, you are in close proximity with me and Dave, so the chances of you getting ill is uh, quite high, but could let down the listeners, eh? No, I'll be here, don't worry about it. Or viewers as Dave likes yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say, don't um, the viewers as well. <laughs> Should we get straight into uh, the big topic of the week, um, which is obviously the dreaded, cursed VAR, which has dominated all the discussions. We haven't talked about it yet, and uh, we had a question from Twitter, Mike. Do you want to read it out? Yeah, so the, the question is, has VAR been undermined by the offside and handball rules? So the reason we didn't answer it at first was because because it's very easy to get up on your soapbox and just go... Old man shouts at Cloud and complain about VAR, but um, we actually wanted to take a week to kind of think about how it works in other places and talk about it more generally and then get on to the rules themselves. Um, lads, we took in a game, which we've already talked about in the pod, together uh, a few weeks ago, which was uh, Villa Man City, where Villa got absolutely caned. Mm-hmm. Um, VAR was used uh, in that, in the ground then, uh, very vocal um, opposition from the City fans to it. Um, I've been in a few grounds this season where VAR has um, taken over. I was in the Villa ground for the infamous Firmino Arpit goal, which is still ridiculous to me. Um, In terms of a live experience, Dave, how do you feel it's impacting the game? Well, I mean, with the Man City fans, they weren't really allowing themselves to celebrate until the VAR check had been done. Um, until the kickoff was completed, uh, which is strange because it's not, nothing that anyone's really had to think about before. Um, but also, I would like to point out VAR got every decision right in that game, and yet they were still very hostile to it, which is a little bit strange. Chris? Um, yeah, I, I did find it quite amusing that they'd only cheer after the uh, ball, the ref blew the whistle and the ball was kicked off by the Villa players. That was pretty funny. I, I quite enjoyed the... Uh, the humour side to that. Um, I, as Chris was saying in the question, <clears throat> as far as um, handball and the offsides, that is probably where VAR's being let down the most at the moment. I don't know what, necessarily whether it's uh, VAR that's the problem or if it's actually some of these laws weren't made for an era in which VAR happens in, shall we say. Okay. Um so hopefully they're going to change a few laws and make it a bit more reasonable. Okay, before we get on to the laws, let's just do a quick... I, I don't, let's not give big explanations, but just um, in principle, VAR, are you in favour of it, yes or no? Brez? Yeah. Dave? Yes. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm also in favour of it in principle. Um, I don't quite like how it's been applied. Let's... I know I said we'd talk about VAR more generally first, but actually let's just get on to the rules now, because... Um, I think when the silliness of the handball rule is, I could, was it a Declan Rice? Was Declan yeah, Rice's yeah, yeah, one? Um, but it's it goes beyond that. Like um, footballers will always appeal when the ball hits a hand, regardless of how close it is in the box. Yeah. But what I don't like is now they're asking for it to be sent upstairs. And there was one in the Leicester Chelsea game where he's got the ball tucked behind. He's got his he's jumped. The hands tucked behind his back. It's hit it, and Harvey Barnes is going mad for a pen. And 
I could have if they'd have given it, I'd have been like, well, it's hit his hand. That's not what the handball rule is for, in my opinion, is it? Because no. to me, to me, I think there's got to be a, a difference between the ball hitting your arm intentionally, a la Diego Maradona, or you scoring, or the ball hitting your hand accidentally and you still carry on play. What do you think? I think the big thing where it's coming under fire is the inconsistencies. Um, one that really sticks out for me is McBurney against Man United, where the ball clearly came down onto at least his wrist, if not his hand, uh, and he went on to score. Whereas Declan Rice, the ball gets nodded onto his hand um, before way, way before a goal. Snodgrass did fantastically to even make a goal past that chance, uh, but that got brought back and ruled out. And I think it's more the inconsistencies to get into people compared to the rules, really. Mike? Yeah, I, I think there is a problem with the rules. The handball rule is definitely one that they need to look at. Um, I, to be honest, I've always had a f- fairly different opinion to most people about handballs. Um, for those who don't know, I used to do a bit of refereeing and it was pretty hard to get a handball off me as a ref because m- more often than not, I'll give the player the benefit of the doubt unless it's over at quite a long distance mm. and they've had loads of time to get their arm out of the way. Um, but some of the some of the things that you're getting goals chalked off for, the f- football at the end of the day is meant to be entertainment. The whole point of entertaining people in general is going to be goals. We're we're like we were saying, we're ruining the fan experience of not being able to celebrate because you're going to have to wait until everything's been checked. So you ruin the excitement of the goal, make it a bit less entertaining. Well, I've heard a few people say you were saying last week, Will, starting. You were saying it about fan channels, but people are going to start falling out of love with yeah. football if we keep chalking off goals for an armpit or it flicked across his wrist or, or stuff like that. It's it, ridiculous. Do you know something though? I, handball, I get, I get handball. I get the complaints about it because I think the way the yeah. rule is, it's very silly. I remember the Man United penalty that they got against PSG. I remember well, thinking, that was a joke, and I'm yeah, a United fan. Yeah, I remember thinking at the time, this is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And then last year, this this new handball rule is directly as a result of Wolves scoring a Willy Bolly scoring a goal against Man City, and he scored it with his arm because it and the arm was the last thing it hit and it went in. There has to be a middle ground where just because the ball, if the ball hits your arm and it's not intentional, you've not used it like Thierry Henry against Ireland to control the yeah. ball. If it's just hit your arm and you go on to score, we have to be like, we have to sort of be like, make the decision of whether or not it's intentional or not. And a lot of people will say referees can't make that decision because they don't know what's inside people's head. But we give out red cards based on whether or not we think people are being intentionally violent in the tackle or intentionally out of control. And if we can, if we can make that decision, I don't understand why we can't make that decision about handball. I will say with regards to offside, I'm not sure how you change the offside rule and I'm not sure what yeah, we're asking for. Yeah. Because these... I think the, the problem with... I, I think the problem with VAR and handballs is the rule. The problem with VAR and offsides for me is we're calling it at this absolute minute level, which I'm fairly certain the cameras can't be 100% certain. How, no, there's still a there's still no, room for error. They no. said there is. However, offside is offside. And I know people are like, well, if he's got a toe if he's got a toe offside, um if he's got a toe offside, oh he shouldn't be offside. No, he should be offside. We used to complain about this all the time. We used to complain about people being offside when they were not offside when they were offside. Dave having said that with the offside rule, uh, my understanding was that it has to be playable parts of the body and I'm pretty sure I've seen a few decisions ruled out because of people's arms uh, being offside and surely if you're going to apply the law it depends which part of the arm though because you can score with your shoulder no as in like someone's arm is out oh, I and that seen makes that. them offside I haven't, um, I haven't seen that I think there was one for Sheffield United maybe I, I haven't seen that one so I can't comment Brez offside yeah, the, yeah, you, the problem with the offside one is you've got to draw a line somewhere and if you change where the line is you're either giving the attackers far too much That's advantage, advantage. Yeah. Or, the def- or you're giving the defenders even more advantage and it's impossible to score a goal so I guess where we are now is as much as it's frustrating for fans particularly in the ground again who can't see what mm. the VAR are looking at it's, uh, 
it's going to be a difficult one to take, like the Firmino one with his armpit being offside. I mean, we've, really? We've got to be really careful, though, because at the end of the day, and this is this is a cliche, football is a game of two halves, it's a game of attack and it's a game of defence. And... The I mean, take the NBA for example. In the nineties, they made the they've uh, removed the hand checking rule, which meant it went from being seventy seventy to now what is one hundred twenty one hundred twenty. The reason football's so great is because often a goal means so much. If you just if we shift the, we've already massively shifted the rules in the favour of attackers to make the game more enjoyable, and that's fair enough. But if we keep shifting and keep shifting and keep shifting, we lose the art of great defending, which. I mean, to me, is sometimes as impressive as... Like, watching Virgil van Dijk, yeah. for me, I get a similar amount of... Other than the fact he's a Liverpool player, and just not a fan of Liverpool. Um, I get a similar amount of pleasure as I do of watching, um, uh, say, a great striker like Raul Jimenez, for example. Um, and my only worry is, with the more we complain about these rules, like, we risk cheapening goals in the future. I think one thing with VAR uh, that really has people against it isn't necessarily even the rules it's the fact that as we experienced at Villa Park you don't know what's going on as a fan you just see the ref with an earpiece uh, and the players not kicking off there needs to be some sort of dialogue whether the actual communication is broadcast because I've heard commentators say now that they can hear what they're saying word for word and the length of the discussion and how sort of thorough they are but the actual people in the ground don't get that experience and I think that would help get people on side with VAR because it's not just a confusion you'd actually know what's been said Bryce? Yeah um, I don't know if they do it all the time in Australia but I've watched a couple of videos now of the referee being mic'd up over there Um, and I think he upgraded a yellow to a red card in that 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 video that I saw um, that seems to work quite well. I don't know what that was like for the um, for the fans in the ground. Whether you whether you can broadcast whether the refs would want you to be able to broadcast what they're saying over yeah. the tannoy or to, to, to be honest, whatever. Um, could they not just show a, a, a feed of what VAR is looking for on the screens? The screens every ground. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. Right, I mean. I'd like to hear what they're saying. I would like to hear what they're saying. We hear what they're saying in rugby, and quite frankly, yeah, and in this country, well. the referees are terrible and they're protected too much. Yeah. Um, they need to be a, a player questions them and they get fined fair enough but they're making terrible decision after terrible decision um, which is why I just feel that we if by even if they didn't want to have their explanations on telly I think it's at the end of the day it's a it's about the match going fan football is an football is an entertainment business it's a sport. It's a silly sport that we all enjoy, and if the if it's suffering because maybe the referees don't want to have their thoughts explained over tannoys in the ground, then that's not really a problem for me. Um, I would certain. I I think when you watch rugby, it's so clear. Like I remember yeah. in the sorry to bring this up in the World Cup final between England and South Africa. Someone at England, I think, had a try chalked off, yeah. and I could follow everything that was happening because the referee was getting explained to by the uh, video referee, and then ultimately, I think he made the decision himself, and that to me was the perfect way how VAR should work. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see from VAR: more transparency, but also clearer steps of how they're getting and coming to the decisions, um, because I feel even decisions that people might disagree with. They're able to hear the logic of how they've got there. Maybe they'll accept it more than just seeing the, you know, minuscule screenshot of someone being an armpit offside. Mm. Um, how do they do it in other leagues then? Because I, we all, the three of us have watched enough Champions League games that we know they do it there. They, they seem to, oh, they seem to do the checks, but less intrusively. It feels in the Champions League. Um, I know the German league have um, had a big problem with it. Yeah. Um. I think a lot of the fans over there hate it, but do they use it for for everything, or do they use it like we seemingly do as a catch-all, or do they use it for specific things? Uh, one thing that I've seen them use it for a lot is bookings, uh, looking at yellow cards, mm. uh, maybe questionable ones, to compare like um, 
obviously Aubameyang got sent off against Palace and then there was um, was it Deli Alley or on Sterling yeah 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 no 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 Aubameyang was injured against her no 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 <laughs> oh for god's sake no um, <laughs> Ali on Sterling yeah, that's yes right. uh, was... was Sterling on Ali wasn't it um... Sterling was the bad challenge <laughs> Was it Sterling on Ali? Yeah. I know it was those two involved. Um, but yeah, those sort of decisions, that was obviously given a yellow. In Germany, they use it to see if that would be a red. And also then red cards they review. If the ref gives any red card, it's automatically reviewed um, to yeah. see if it's definitely a red. On a quick side note, apparently in the Spanish second division, the ref sent someone off. He uh, He got to the changing rooms... VAR overturned it, so the so yeah, the kit man had, had to run into that. the dressing room, get him out. He came back out, the, so the ref overturned it. It was just a yellow, and then he argued with one of the other players and got a second yellow and got sent off again. Yeah, Christian he'd, he'd start, got in his What he'd done, so what he'd done was he'd, he'd run a bath. And he was thinking, I want to get yeah, back in that bath. Let's start, let's start. Um, Sorry, yeah. So anyway, so in Germany, yeah. Um, as far as I can see, which I'd like them to do in the UK a bit more. Um, VAR will recommend the ref go and look at the monitors in the ground, which I've been talking about all year. I'd so much rather see the ref in the ground make the decision mm. than some yeah. guy sitting somewhere else. If you've, if you've assigned a ref to a game, let, let VAR recommend it and let him make the decision. That's what I'd mm-hmm. like to see. So that's something I'd like to take from the German league. As far as I'm aware, the fan opinion's getting better over there. Mm. It's taken a few years to get it yeah. right. Um, I can't remember which teams, but I saw a clip from earlier this season in Germany where a team, basically, someone got challenged in the box. Mm. They went down the other end. They scored. They celebrated. They kicked off. Um, and then the ref halted play and VAR decided that the challenge before the goal was actually a penalty. So it was a good two, two and a half minutes. Yeah, that's a failing of the people um, running VAR. No, of course, yeah. but in Germany it's still... I think they're getting more used to it because it's been in their game a bit longer. However, I still think the opinion probably isn't that great from what I've yeah. seen, especially from German fans on Twitter as well. Well, there was a YouGov poll run in this country and um, 67% of regular viewers of football were found to think that VAR was seriously hurting the game. So whether or not you believe opinion polls, and opinion polls are just usually people who can, who've got no, who've just got free time or want to answer some questions, take that with a pinch of salt usually. However, there's clearly a problem in this country. So in terms of sec- next steps for VAR, ne- it's not going to change this season. Well, certainly until they've let Liverpool win the league. Um, oh. <laughs> what would you like to see as the next steps? Mike, you've mentioned the monitors. Yeah, I think VAR recommending the ref goes to look at the monitors, that, that would be a good step for me. Something to do with the fan experience, whether that be... Tannoys. Tannoys showing what the VAR are seeing on the screens, just something so that the people, the paying customers in the ground get a much better experience because mm. at the moment they look as in the dark. Some of the players, I mean, even the players are just stood there like yeah. waiting for a like guy what's going on? A hand, yeah. with his hand on his ear yeah. to tell them what, what's happened. Um, Dave? Uh, I'd definitely like to see them use the monitors. Um, but also what I'd like to see is... The ref having more of a decision, as Mike says, I'd like to see a recommendation. Um, and obviously you'd hope if it's an obvious decision, the ref goes mm. with that. But I want the decision to still be on the ref because is there really much point in him still being there? Yeah, ultimately, um, there's, a, there's a saying, it's another cliche, fuller than this pod, um, a bad craftsman blames his tools. We've got bad referees in the league. We've had bad referees for a while. And... People are all people love complaining about referees' decisions. It fuels a whole week's worth of discussions on Sky Sports News and keeps a load of ex-players in jobs. <laughs> and quite frankly, it gives us stuff to talk about. It, you're never going to be able to perfectly deal with this. Um, and VAR is just a, the brunt of what I think has been bad refereeing in our league for a very long time. And I'll just quickly say this to everyone who complains about VAR, and I, I keep saying this to them. You... Of it, time flies. We've it was only a few years ago where 
we were all slewing Howard Webb for giving decisions to Manchester United, it felt like, and we were complaining about dives by Ashley Young that weren't being picked up, or we were complaining about um, the semi-final between Chelsea and Barcelona, where VAR would have had a field day and the game wouldn't have finished for another three days. Um, so let's let's try and remember the progress that's being made and the reason why this is actually brought into the game. It's not perfect, but it's far better than the alternative in my point of view. Um, and that was my soapbox. <laughs> I think it was fantastic uh, at the weekend for the City Spurs game. Yeah. It's brilliant. So yeah. I I know people hate it and whatever, and sometimes it's annoying. But that the drama that it brought to that game, particularly around the penalty, and then the, it was saved, and then was it going to be another pen for yeah. the Sterling thing? It was incredible. We'll um, we'll get onto that game later. But if you haven't, go and have a look at Mourinho uh, <laughs> celebrating the penalty being saved, and then. Uh, Remembering Sterling, you can get Sterling booked. God, it was so funny. Um, but let's actually go to another listener question, which is um, it's based off last week's pod where we discussed um, fan culture and the toxicity of it, and whether or not fans having a voice is a good thing or not. Um, the question in particular is just what are our opinions on football fan channels? So we're talking about Arsenal fan TV. Um, I'm trying to get a Chelsea one. It's like CFC TV. Full-time Devils, I believe it is. Are we going to give Mark Goldbridge at United Stand anything? No, no. Is he a fan channel or is he just a Burke with a camera? <laughs> I don't know, but some of the stuff he says is gold. I watched one of his videos about Bruno Fernandes before it happened. And he was saying something and then he totally contradicted himself in the like the sentence after. And I was like, what? That's like me. This- me and Dave on this part. Yeah, that's what yeah that. true. <laughs> this guy's getting views. That's probably inspired us to start the pod. <laughs> if this clown could get some views. Um, so, uh, I hope I think, he hears that. Where the, so fan cams, fan cams and fan channels, they've always, they've always done the stick the camera in front of the idiot outside the ground. But, now the fans are sticking the cameras inside the idiots outside the ground. The first time I remember really seeing it, like really, really seeing it, is um, Arsenal fan TV and Claude going, it's time to go. Yeah. And DT just being a giant boob. Um, <laughs> and troops, troops oh, just saying troops. words. And, I, I, and it, it really, do you know, it really came to my attention when, um, uh, I can't remember who he is, I think it's Heavy D. Oh, he's no. like, we're gonna win the league, we're gonna win, and then Leicester win the league, and I'm just like, what? Why do people watch these things? And then all of a sudden, it became a thing on Twitter every week. Arsenal have lost. Rush to Arsenal fan TV to watch these absolute melts have a meltdown. Um, what? Well, you can clearly tell what I think about it. No, Dave, what do you think uh, about? Fan I think. I mean, using Arsenal fan TV as an example, it could be used for good use. However. It's always going to be the people that have these controversial and strong opinions that get them views. So, if you actually look at a channel like Arsenal Fan TV, they will upload a lot of videos. There's a lot more people giving opinions than the ones that they're known for. Yeah. Every game. But people are going to watch your people like DT, Claude and Troops because they're going to say things that, to be honest, most of the time are total nonsense. No, but it's they funny. have no substance to them at all. They're not saying anything interesting. No, DT, I could, we could have a whole pod on how he's an absolute prick. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the explicit tag. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's more that I wish I used to watch um, one that was I used to watch one that I can't remember. They changed their name so many times. It was about Chelsea, and it had a guy from the Mail on Mail Sport. I think Charlie Skilling was his name, um, and. I used to watch it and it was good and they would do videos in the week about who they thought Chelsea should go for but it always felt slightly be- it always felt slightly like oh these people are going to know what they're talking about because he he w- he worked in sports journalism he had I think he has I hope he had sources because he used to be right fairly often um but for the fan cams after the game it just Almost feels like you're walking when your team have lost to go and have a whinge. Everyone has a whinge, but to get views about it and make your whole livelihood out of your fans, it feels like you're walking on your club's get grave, Mike. Uh, <clears throat> the Arsenal example is a bit grim because the whole Wenger out movement and whatever else that came with that. I, didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of all that, but 
in general, uh, fans giving their opinions is fine. I think that's going to happen on Twitter. It's going to happen on YouTube. It's going to happen pretty much yeah. everywhere, like we said last week. Yeah. Um, these, if if they're used properly, are a pretty good way for fans to get their points across. You can get them out to a fair amount of people on YouTube and Twitter. Um, you ever seen a good one? Yeah, the only thing, a lot of the time, they're just absolute waffle, they're chatting on there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we, I mean, we go on for an hour and a bit on here about who knows what, but some of the stuff that, I mean, obviously Andy Tate got famous off his one, you've got DT and all them, but even, yeah. but Andy Tate... To be fair, actually, if you listen to Andy Tate when he wasn't going off on one, he was all right sometimes. Yeah. The, thing is, the thing is I liked about Andy Tate was he was frustrated, yes, but ultimately he only appeared on it a few times. Yeah, he wasn't on it that much. And he's not like these people who become personalities off off their football club being in dire straits. Not dire straits, that's wrong, but being terrible, it just feels wrong. I feel uh, bringing them into it, people like Andy Tate is a fan that what he was saying was always genuine. People like DT um, and Troops, they become so established from speaking on that channel that, frankly, I think they don't Call care... Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> they might get they on there. They don't care what they say Zenless. anymore. They care more about what's going to get them views, I think, at the end of the day. Um, one thing that I've seen that's not quite the same, but people filming themselves inside the ground, not really a fan of that. Uh, there's a guy for Spurs that does it. DT seen quite does it. a few Liverpool fans. Like Leicester does it. Um, there will think be people everywhere that do it. Yeah. There's a pretty established Burnley guy, I think, do you, actually. Do you know but something? I don't really agree with that. I don't like it. I wouldn't do it. But if you're doing a match day vlog and you've got no footage of you celebrating a goal, it does leaves your content a bit dry. Yeah, I guess. But I'd rather people just appreciate the game for what it is and focus on the game. Dave's out here tweeting uh, just pictures of people at football going, oh, look at this, not a phone in sight. <laughs> uh, that's because no one's no, out on his ground. <laughs> well, there's no one there, well, let, let, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the seats can't hold the phones, can they? Um, but yeah, I, I hate fan channels. I agree that all fa- as I said last week, I agree all fans should have a voice. I just think they're fan channels and generally terrible I mean, and have no substance. What I can put a bet on is there's probably a fan channel out there that's probably not too bad and they speak more roundly about their club. However, no one's going to watch it yeah, because it doesn't the have yeah, the, true. doesn't have that X factor of people like DT who've been spouting nonsense for four seasons now. Controversy gets people talking, eh, Mark? I did say that earlier and I'm right. <laughs> All right, let's, um, let's get away from that topic. Thanks for um, sending in your questions. And if you do have any questions, we usually tweet out before the day we record on which is a Wednesday um, just to see if anyone has any questions for that week and if you if you ever think of anything please let us know by tweeting us at in and around pod or just tweet Mike yeah yeah that works too <laughs> um, let's get on to the weekend's action uh, shall we do you want to start with the early kickoff or do you want to talk about Spurs Man City first oh, we go to Chelsea Leicester first I think okay, start well, there okay so good news we dropped Kepa we got Willy Caballero in Bad news, he wasn't great. <laughs> um, other good news, Emerson didn't play. Bad news, Azpilicueta played the wrong side and his already his legs look like they're gone. Um, good news, uh, we had a lot of chances, could have put the game away early. Bad news, we didn't take any of them. Um, are, you, are you sure about this lot of chances? Cause he, well... You got hammered in the XG. I'm not, well... I know we did, and that's probably due to the absolute stonker that Harvey Barnes missed. Here's my here's my question about XG. Yeah, does it take it Does that. it take into account when um, somebody cuts back a perfectly good cross to Tammy Abraham and he just slips over for no reason and doesn't have a shot? Because <laughs> that happened probably on not, two or three actually. occasions. Um, no, we they Chelsea had um, had the better of the first half. Probably um, they were very good for the opening twenty. Um, and they were a bit unlucky um, not to beat a, couple of, a goal, at least a goal to the good. And then in the second half, they were terrible. They were terrible. It was a dreadful performance. Um, Leicester were really good. They made a tactical switch, which I can't remember what it was. Um, and Chelsea were bailed out 
by a quite frankly outrageous Antonio Rudiger header. Yeah. Um, the XG on Seriously. that. Seriously, uh, it was 0.05, which means one in twenty. Is yeah. that? Yeah. Like one that. in twenty. Um, it was. Also, it was a terrible Mason yeah. Mount ball to him. He just floated it up there. He put no whip in it at all. And Unbelievable header. Rudiger just obviously thought, God, I'm not losing again. <laughs> Um, and heads it in. But um, so Chelsea's struggles are well documented and we've talked about them at length on the pod. Um, they desperately need Christian Pulisic back. Um, they need someone else who can provide a goal threat from the wings. Um, however, I think we probably should start with Leicester because, as, as we mentioned, Harvey Barnes missed an absolute cracking chance. They probably could have won this game. They had a slice of luck with their first goal. Both teams will feel unlucky not to have got the points which usually how you know it should have been a draw um Leicester have wobbled a bit yeah are we worried I wouldn't go as far as worried yet just because they're quite still very comfortably in the top four um however I mean I think everyone knew when Leicester were doing well that they were overachieving and as we said on one of the first pods we didn't see them keeping this up for the whole season um same with Chelsea, really. Um, they were doing extremely well given the circumstance of no transfers. Lampard just having to use who he has in terms Ooh. of youngsters and maybe a yeah. few fringe players. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to worry maybe is a bit strong, but I certainly maybe have a bit of concern in the back of my head if I was a fan of one of those teams at the moment. Yeah, Leicester will feel like they dropped two points here, I think. Uh, they should have won this game, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah may- Chelsea may well have had some good chances, but Barnes really should have scored he, that chance. It was <laughs> farcical that he missed. Um, but yeah, Vardy, Vardy didn't look too too good. No, he's um, gone off the board. Which is a bit, bit of a concern. Obviously, he's just been injured, has he? Mm. Uh, so he's just coming back from that. Um yeah. Interestingly enough about Jamie Vardy, me and you, Mike, talked about him, I think, a few weeks back having this... Again, this is the XG uh, segment of the pod. Um, he was drastically finishing better than he should be. And he's had a bit of a decline, sort of. He's sort of reverted back to what you'd expect. Him, but he's finishing probably slightly below par. Yeah, you'd imagine it would all even out over the season. Yeah. He's still four goals ahead of where the expected goals would put him. Mm. So still clinical, yeah. Um, but maybe not quite as hot as he was early in the season, like you say. No, um, I I still think they're going to be fine. Still think they're good. Um, yeah, they're twelve I, points ahead of Spurs yeah. in, in fifth, so I think they're going to be sound. Chelsea, I have the concern about. Yeah, really. I mean, I think again with Chelsea, there has to be a. You have to do two things. One, you have to take into account that they performed so above the expectations early in the season that we've changed our expectations for them. We knew that this was going to probably be a season where they're looking at fifth, or six, fifth, sixth, seventh. You probably would have had them at fifth at an absolute best. Um, so if if they can maintain, stay in the top four, that'd be great. If they drop, you expect it. And the fact they didn't back them in the transfer window is baffling. Um, interesting enough about Chelsea, they um, actually have the highest differential between, and this is the XG section again, they've got the highest differential between goals they should have scored according to XG and goals they haven't it's like 8 so finishing is as much of a problem as their defences yeah 6 they've scored yeah. 6 less goals than they should have but they've yeah. also they've also let in 6 more than they should have so that mm. backs up your uh, mm, theory Kepa. about Kepa mm. now um, in the summer I think they've got things they need to replace and goalkeeper's definitely one of them that's that backs up yeah I wonder where uh, Kepa would go you can't just let him sit there at 70 million can you I don't know let's just send him to Tudor Grange FC I don't really care at this point um, let's move on to the relegation tussle at the weekend because Bournemouth got a huge huge three points and Villa let three points go that was <sighs> It's going to really yeah. cause a massive issue for them. I I thought this looked like Villa were turning a corner, to be honest. Um, and maybe if they don't win the game, a point away is still okay. It's still a positive. However, to lose against Bournemouth is really going to hurt them. Hu- huge for Bournemouth. Maybe they can kick on from this, gain a bit of momentum now. Um, yeah, really, as I said last week, thought Villa were going to were going to beat them. 
to be honest. Right. Yeah, the one-man band wasn't enough this week, unfortunately. No. Uh, so Bournemouth overtake Villa. So Bournemouth sits 16th on 26 points. Villa, 17th, 25. Um, so that's a big swing at the bottom there. Huge result, as we said, for Bournemouth. Uh, I, I just wanted to know, Dave. Do you, do you still want anyhow out? So they I'm won. Not. They've won. They've got. They've won the last two. Meh? Still. Uh, are, are you back in our cause yet? Are you still Eddie Howe's Antichrist? <laughs> what a statement that was. Um, I'm still not massively convinced, to be honest. I need to see them. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see how they fare against some better opposition before I change. It but, might not matter about that. Yeah, but it does. Be, them versus better opposition doesn't I'd really still, matter. I still think they have to beat the people around them. Currently speaking, Eddie Howe is underachieving this season. So, I, he's been a bit unlucky with injuries, but yeah, for me, I'm still not massively pleased with the job that he's been doing or done so far this season. Fair enough. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were. I still think he should stay, and he may well keep them up again. I still think to keep. I still think to having a club like Bournemouth established in the Premier League is overachieving, but that is a different matter. Quickly, did anybody see the Jefferson Lerma red card? Well, the second yellow he got. I have seen it, but can you remind me what happened? So Jack Grealish um, sort of tries to jink past him, and Lerma just doesn't move. Oh, yeah, that's right. He gets sent I, off. I remember it. This was not a second what yellow card. What the hell is going on? You know what? I've had it. We were talking about we, referees. How do they get away with this? Because that's the type of that's such a bad decision. Who? What? Look up who it was. <laughs> No, I'm going to watch it again. No, I put money on let's look Kevin Friend. Oh, I, but I don't think so. it was. Yeah, that's one uh, for me that VAR should really. I mean, that is a to me is a clear and obvious error. I, I, yeah. I know we we seem to have blurred the lines of what clear and obvious is with VAR, which we didn't mention earlier. But I mean, how is he supposed to get out of the way? And he makes no effort to get in the way. Grealish just ran into him, as far as I would I could see. I don't even think he had, yeah, I don't think he had time to get out of the road, to be honest. Um, so, here it is. So, we're just watching it again now. Who is that? I'm not sure who that ref is. Anthony Taylor, is it? I can't find it. I'm just going to go anyway. Yeah, and it is Anthony Taylor, is, yeah. That does seem Anthony harsh. Taylor, is, he's the one who looks like a tic-tac, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh he looks like, no, he looks like that. He looks like that picture of that person who's been caught on a... Twitter, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't I'm know, I'm gonna lose my job. Yeah, right. If that, if that, impre- <laughs> that impression should tell you who he looks like. Um, I'm gonna quickly. I'm just gonna quickly. Just, I don't understand. This isn't a VAR thing. This is an issue of this man clearly oh, needs man. glasses because how he can send someone off for not moving, for not moving is farcical. If anything, Grealish. I've just watched it again. If anything, Grealish. If anything, Grealish thousand yeah. and Jerusalem. Two things have happened here. There's an idiot on the other end of the VAR who clearly also his eyes don't work. How's he sent him off? I, I, I watched it. I, I watched the highlights um, later. I watched the highlights later on in the day on YouTube, and I remember what thinking. Are you, what, what are we doing with the referees in our league? Are they uh, there just needs to be more importantly than VAR. Let's just sack off all the referees and get all the other ones in. No wonder that. No wonder that UEFA tries to use as little referees as possible from England. Yeah, we had a pretty good, good spell Lord. for a while in Europe, but now we've got... Yeah, we'll bring back Howard Webb, even Mark Clattenburg, yeah, get Bobby Badley. Oh, the clap. Don't, don't bring back, don't bring back, the clap. The clap. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, you don't think that... <laughs> let's not bring that back. Um, <laughs> let's move on from the absolutely farcical, ridiculous Lerma red card, Anthony Taylor looking like a... A tic tac. Um, <laughs> the rest of the relegation tussle. Um, West Ham threw away two points as they drew oh three through Brighton in a game that I didn't watch, but again I watched the highlights of. And uh, let me tell you now, it was the most exciting highlights package I think I've ever seen. It's incredible. Isn't it's, it? How it's great. Whoever runs that Premier League highlight package on YouTube, yeah. how you fit that into two minutes and forty odd seconds? Um, Six goals. And what I'm going to do. Is I'm I'm gonna do what I did last week, which is I'm gonna essentially I'm gonna get my cross out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself on it, and I'm gonna allow myself to be verbally whipped, 
because a few weeks ago I said that West Ham were not going to be in trouble because they had too many good players. Oh, and clearly, well, well, and clearly yeah. I forgot who West Ham are, which is perennial bottle jobs and a club that should be in the Championship. Okay. Um, yes, they're in real trouble. Yeah. I, I'd like to add that I was the one making the point they're in trouble. Yeah. I'd also like to say, if you'd like to... We're going to just go through their next seven fixtures. I know we kind of did this last week, but I want to tell you how many points they're going to get in the okay. next seven fixtures. You read them out, I'll tell you how many points they'll get. They currently sit on 24 points from 25 games. Next up, Man City away. Losing that. Thank you. Liverpool away. Losing that. West Ham then they, then they are bad at Anfield. I could see them nicking get a, a point. Get a grip, Dave. I could see them nicking a point. <laughs> you could see them okay. nicking a point. Yeah. He's just said right, that. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. How much are you willing to bet? I'm not not betting it well because this Liverpool team are much better than Liverpool have are been. They white? Ah, right. Okay, anyway, moving on. They're not getting any points. No, no, not happening. Uh, then they host Southampton. Danny Ings, of course, are getting no points. Don't be silly, mate. I can see him drawing. Yeah, okay, I, I've given them a Danny Ings, hat trick, had it. Then they, then they travel to Arsenal. Uh, getting a win. No, no, they're losing that. Yeah. Or drawing it, knowing Arsenal. Okay, so maybe, maybe they're, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They're on two points. <laughs> then they host Wolves. Losing that. Yeah. Yeah. Then they go to Spurs. Losing, winning, winning losing that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, probably. Then they host Chelsea. Uh, definitely winning that. <laughs> so I'd give them. If we're, if we're being honest, maybe two points. Maybe two points from yeah. a possible twenty-one. Which that, I'd say three to five points. Yeah, well, I, that, that is generous. You, you give it Moyes to end the season. You sir over there, good lord! I tell you what, if Moyes hits double figures of points in these games, we'll try and get them on the pod for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be doing much. Um, uh, all right, let's. So yes, if you didn't think they were in trouble, they are in trouble. I don't get it. They have a good. I don't. I they don't have get an it okay well. Robert Snodgrass is now their best player, and no offense to Robert Snodgrass, but I used to watch him. You used to watch him play for the Villa in the Championship, and you were like, "Oh, I don't think he's got enough pace to cut it at this level." Let alone yeah, the, bloody, I mean, the Premier League, especially when they've got Felipe Anderson and Yarmolenko I, I love, who are much better players I love that Felipe Anderson's agent when he signed there was sort of like he sort of hinted oh this is a, a stepping stone to bigger things and I'm like what is it Leeds in the championship is that what it's a stepping <laughs> stone to oh, West, uh, West Ham are terrible and I'm sorry I said they weren't yeah on West Ham I'd like to say that um, none of those goals Moyes can do anything about if, no. if there's anyone to blame it certainly isn't him at the moment the players. the players yeah do you know we were quoted forty million for Issa Diop? Yeah, man, you were going for him, weren't you? Forty well? million, something like that. By the way, you, your buyback for uh, Ake is gone. That's well, fine. I don't want him. Of English centre backs. He's Dutch. So Dutch oh, he's Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, we've we've Dutch that one. Um, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> he would also count for homegrown in the Champions League because he was at us for long enough. Um, I'm not too worried about that, to be honest. I don't want Nathan Ake at the club. The fact no, I remember you saying he's think. not. He's not quite good enough. He's not quite good enough to be a top level left back, and he's not quite tall enough to be. And I know it's the irony of me saying that. Um, he's he's not quite um, tall enough to be a top level centre half for like a Champions League club. Bayern and Chelsea have got a squad full of just B level players like well, I don't know, Marcus Alonso, Ooh. and then they've got and then they've got D level players like Emerson Palmieri. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's kind. Um, so they don't need any more. Uh, they don't need any more mid-tier players. They just need to improve on their squad with real quality. Yeah, fair anyway, let's get on to Everton, who we accused of showing zero mentality and fight a few weeks ago. <laughs> they went, They came back from 2-0 down to win 3-2 after they had Delph sent off. Who wants to admit we were wrong on this one? Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, the turnaround was pretty miraculous. Another weird week of defenders getting on the score sheet. Yeah, Yerimina. Yerimina with two as well. Uh, but the Walcott goal at the end, um, they really were working so hard, especially with a man down. Uh, and to be honest, just the work rate they were putting in sort of deserved the, the third goal, really. Brez, Everton turned the corner. Yeah, may- maybe this is the one. Um, they totally battered them XG wise uh, 0.88 to 2.7 so pretty much ended how you'd expect um, 
Delph's red card was a bit careless. That was pretty... Uh... On the other side, I know we're just slating them for Jeff's... What are you doing, Delph? Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> like, what are you? You're a Premier League champion, get a grip. Um... <clears throat> Pretty bizarre to see Walcott scoring the winner. Um, well, you say that scored a lot of goals in his career. Yeah, which is you, just stealing. It made me. Stealing. It, <sighs> Doesn't he have over a hundred goals for Arsenal? Yeah, yeah. He was in a pretty poor period of Arsenal. He was him on one wing and Yao Kawasi on the other. Who are you passing to in that situation? Obviously, Jovino. Um, right, okay. Um, Brighton lost though. Could we see them getting dragged? I mean, they're in the relegation uh, battle. Yeah. Are you worried about Brian? Because yes, they've, I'm not. They've looked okay at such. I know you've got the whole shouldn't have sat Chris Hewton thing, Dave. But are you? I'm get starting to get to a stage where I'm thinking to myself, yeah, football. The football's nice. You need. Yeah. You desperately need the points at the moment. This is the thing with Brighton. I really respect Graham Potter's style of football. No, he was great at Swansea as well. What he did at Swansea beforehand with no money and having to get rid of basically any player on a wage and the football he managed to play there was amazing. He's putting a really nice style of football at Brighton. However, as Will says, this is the point in the season where they need to be having those gritty 1-0 wins and I don't think they're set up to, to do that. And I am concerned about them. As I said before... Mm. I'm not sure sacking Hewton will turn out to be the best of decisions. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, I think they're going to be okay, by the way, for the record. Yeah, but me and you are on record of saying that we like we think they've just got to introduce a new style of football anyway. So, growing pains almost. I, mean, I know it always feels slightly odd that you sit here as a fan of a big Premier League club and you advocate someone going down to build a culture. Well, I, wouldn't I don't know what that's that... like being a fan of a big Premier League club, well. I, know that. I don't know, know what like being a fan of a big club at all, let alone <laughs> Premier League. We were picking the championship once. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Spurs City. Um, the master beats the apprentice. Mourinho, oh. the true greatest Premier League manager of all time, Over. beats this poor, bold fraud who just looks like a different style of Tic Tac. The, the disrespect you've just thrown at Sir Alex Ferguson, I'm not yeah, sure I, I can actually I comment. Know that, yeah. Not and sure uh, I can even comment. And, um... Uh, Zanga. Steve Keane. Um, <laughs> God, that's, remember him? I, know, I was just thinking of Tic Tacs. Um, <laughs> uh, right. It's what you meant was Terry Connor. So this on one was that. a bit of an odd one, wasn't it? Um, just... Lloris saves a penalty. Zinchenko gets sent off. Bergerin scores a, a cracker on his debut. Um, uh, um, Bergerin scores a cracker on his debut. Uh, it was very much a case of a Mourinho smash and grab masterclass, wasn't it? Absolutely. I've, I've just looked up the XG just to... Just for reference again. Oh, God, this is going to be great. Are you ready? Yeah, go any, on. Any guesses? Dave's just seen it, but uh, Will I hasn't. I think 0. 0. Okay, let's be no, realistic. 0.32 versus like 3 or something. Okay, you're not far off. It's, so Spurs created 0.42 and scored two goals. City scored no goals and created 3.23 expected goals. Obviously, the penalty helps. The penalty so is worth the penalty just 0. 0.76. Oh, right, okay. Um... So three quarters of penalties go in. They didn't obviously score that. Um, on the penalty, do you guys think it was a bit strange that Aguero didn't take it or even I mean, Sterling maybe? Gundogan... Had, I know he's never missed one for City before. He took a decent penalty in the cup. Do you know something? And I think that's what got him I think I confidence. Used, I used to... I think probably, I know everybody always thinks their strikers should take penalties. Now, I watched Lampard take every penalty Chelsea took for years, and then I watched Eden Hazard take penalties. And then whenever we gave him to a striker, the striker wasn't particularly good at them. If you've got someone who's a specialist at a penalty taker, it's certainly someone like Gundogan, who's actually scored one in the Champions League final, let's remember. Um, I think that I'm not particularly too worried about Aguero not taking a penalty. No, Aguero's missed right. tons of penalties. Yeah, tons. yeah he has. But so has Messi, and Messi still takes the penalties. Yeah, but that's because of his ego. Um, isn't it, though? Yeah, I, I just find it really strange that Pep's so on it with everything. The, everything. 
And then penalties, he just lets them decide who's going to take it. It's well, really weird. Well, I mean, I think most of the players probably accept that Gundogan is probably the... I keep Gundogan or Gundogan, never know. Yeah, I yeah, oh, know I know he's, he's a really good penalty taker. I just found it a bit. Uh, I just thought you thought the striker should take it. Maybe the striker. Yeah, maybe Aguero would have the confidence to just say, "I'm having the ball and I'm going to pop it in the corner." Yeah, but last time a City player did that, um, cost him the points against Liverpool last season with Mares. Yeah, true. Um, interestingly enough, once the sending off did happen, and we can. What did you all think about the earlier one that should have probably been eat red? Sterling's tackle on Deli Alley. Yeah, I thought it was a horror and really a, a carbon copy of what Aubameyang got sent off for. So Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one because the more you slow it down, the worse it looks. It's mm. one of those. Yeah, right, uh, but it was pretty nasty, wasn't it? And then and then he dives for the penalty. Which he should have been off for, I think, yeah, for a second I, yellow. It, it just... It felt like he was very lucky to stay off the pitch. And when Zinchenko got sent off for what the, was the tactical foul, it felt almost a bit like justice. Well, at least one of them had got sent yeah. off, yeah. yeah. Um, just the wrong man. I'm going to quickly do it, because I'm going to quickly say this right now. I've had enough of sitting there, eulogising, not eulogising, evangelising Pep Guardiola's football when he doesn't teach his teams how to defend. And I'm finally glad that people are calling his tactical fouls. And it's very interesting that when you watch the games that they're playing this season, City, um, when when they don't have Laporte, they don't know how to defend. And they resort back to the tactical fouling. And they are getting called more than ever. And they're losing more games than ever. And I think at some point, I've just sort of... I get, I'm less and less inclined to watch City play when they're not... When they just keep breaking up the game and it's done in a way that breaks the flow and it, it's so it's so annoying because he's oh it's so clever though they, yeah, yeah it I'm is but they, they play such free flowing attacking beautiful football that I want when you watch a game of football I just don't find them that entertaining anymore when when the fact that you can make tactical fouls unless it's pretty much on the edge of the box and you're not going to get sent off for it I think every clever manager should be instructing his midfield. If you lose the ball and you, you don't fancy our chances because they have a few men going forward, just take out the man, take the yellow card, no, regroup, get behind the ball. I agree it's the right thing to do. I agree it's the right thing to do. My question is, can we say that they're a really attractive team to watch if they're only attractive or good to watch on one side of the ball? I see what you mean because, I mean, Liverpool's defending... A, not sure Unless it's Alexander-Arnold. Like I'm not sure yeah. you're going to like me saying this well. Defend. But Van Dijk has made defending look like an art. He is unbelievable. One of the best Premier League defenders, at least in the last five years. People are saying ever. I'm not going to put him in that bracket yet. But he's unbelievable. Yeah. Even Joe Gomez looks good. Robertson's a good defender. Alexander-Arnold isn't as good, but he's good still... Good defender paper he, bag. <laughs> yeah, but when you compare that to Man City, where every time someone runs at them, they look scared. Yeah, I see what you mean in terms of I just, the attractiveness. Um, I just but think it's... when you've got players like De Bruyne and Sterling and Mares, I think I don't know how you could say they're not an attractive team. They, yeah, they no, batter everyone with possession anyway, so they're not doing that much defending, are they? No, but what there, what is there is. What is, what is there? Is cl- I'm not denying it's not clever. I'm so just it's good to watch because it's you know it's clever. No, it's not. Well, that to me is good to well, watch. Is is it good to watch when they're breaking up the game and the opposition's getting a free kick every for a couple of minutes? Because that is how it is. Yeah, but it's clever. But I'd rather I'd rather the game gets broke up by that than a team every time the ball goes loose they boot it out for a throw in. Yeah, or booting people in the air. That's not what they. They're just being clever about what they're doing. I I quite like it. Not mate, it's not for everyone. No, but my point is, my point is, not everyone likes watching Barcelona, but I like watching Barcelona. We, we but we 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 sit there and we sort of and we, they sort, can't we evangel we evangel. It's particularly apt when you what you've got Mourinho and Pep playing against each other because they're two. It's almost gone. Everybody get everyone gets on Mourinho for parking the bus. Yeah. Would you? Okay. So would you rather watch Mourinho park the bus then? Because I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't no, rather watch it. I did it, it for a couple of years and it's not No, I wouldn't rather shocking. watch it. But Mourinho, and Mourinho's, team, Mourinho's teams and Pep's team when he had Bayern Munich, for example, both were good to watch on both sides of the ball. Then no one would ever accuse the Real Madrid team that Mourinho had as being bad to watch. 
I would rather see a team. So. My point is, I want him. I know you've got. I just want him to. I want him to be able to defend or teach his team how to defend before I say to them, they're a great expansive side to watch I, and I want to see every game they play. Can you be expansive defensively? No, you know what I mean, no. They, they need, they're currently great to watch on one side of the ball, but I just, you can't, you're not, I don't like when people say that when they talk about football, they only ever really think about the offensive side of it. It's never that there's two sides to the game and both are equally interesting to watch and tactical fouls aren't for me. I get what you mean, but I'd always rather watch a team that sets up to attack than a team that sets yeah. up to defend. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I would rather watch a team that sets up to attack and defend when needed and not a team that sets up to attack and foul. I, again, but with Man City, when he's got players like Stones and Otamendi that have proven that they keep making mistakes, yeah. do you not ask Rodri and Fernandinho them. to step in? Because, frankly, you've lost confidence in them. He's because you know that if they get run at a hundred times, they're going to make mistakes a few of those why, times, why, nailed on. Why do, we make these, why do we make these excuses for Pep, though? Because if, if this was happened to another coach, we'd be saying, set up your team in a way... That prevents this. Okay, but have you seen Sean Dyche's midfield? Every time Jack Cork used to do it, and Ashley Westwood still does. Every time they lose the ball, if they're yeah. if they're chasing someone, and that person has players on both sides, they'll take them out for a yard. And the difference, and the difference is, no one ever accuses Burnley of being good to watch. No, I know, but at the same time, if it's, yeah, because they're not expansive. Cause, no, because they're not good to watch either way. Whereas a team like Liverpool is legitimately a good to watch team. Yeah, I would like watching Liverpool as well. I'm not oh, no, I'm, I'm just merely pointing out that we've almost gone a different way with Pep. Where, because his offensive football is so good that we've almost forgot that there are two sides of the game. And he's not, I don't think, getting enough criticism that he should do. Mm. Yeah, maybe he should set his teams up a bit better to defend. But I think his whole philosophy is that if he if he can keep the ball for most of the game, then he's not going to have to defend that much. And, and when he does, they'll just uh, take him down. He set his team up in such a way where they make so many chances that, to be honest, if they concede two goals, he, they're in theory making enough chances to score three. Yeah, okay, but it's it's just his bar. His bar. He knows obviously he can obviously coach defending. His Barca and Bayern teams did. I've, I would just like mm-hmm. to. I would just like that we all sort of look at it in the same manner that we treat these other coaches. That we just say, well, yeah, he's great offensive football, but his team's not great to watch. I think Guardiola's having to do this desperate professional fouling because, frankly, their recruitment for defensive players has been pretty poor in the last couple of years. Has it, though? Angelino's been loaned out already. He wasn't to be relied upon. Yeah, but... Fullbacks like Danilo, Danilo wasn't ever good... John Stones for the amount of money they've paid, I'm not They're not. They're not buying these players without consulting Pep. No, I know, but what I'm saying is some of these signs haven't come off. John Stones has made so many mistakes. So when someone's running at him, you're wanting someone to take him out because you don't want John Stones to be he's put spent, in a position to make another mistake. £300 million on fullbacks, coach your players to defend. He's the greatest coach we've... He's one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen. Coach your players how to defend. So Alex Ferguson managed to coach Raphael, who couldn't defend his mum, um, into a competent defender enough to win a league. To be fair, he also did that with Alexander Butner. Um, no, he was never. He was never coaching. Right. Okay. Butner, holy moly. All right, let's move on. Um, quality loads of fraud. Um, do you want to quickly have a chat about the transfer, transfer window? Is. Who do you think won it, Mike? Uh, I've got I've got a few interesting picks. I've been trying to post a poll on Twitter, but for some reason Twitter won't work for me. Um, my the four teams I had were uh, Villa, who got in Drinkwater, uh, Rayner, uh, and obviously brought in a striker, Samata, with um, what's their striker's name? Villa, yeah, the Wesley, guy, yeah, Wesley. Wesley being out <laughs> injured, obviously. Sorry, that's guys. how memorable Wesley is. Yeah, yeah, that's how good yeah. he's been. Um, and obviously they've had a problem in goals, so Rayner coming in is good for that. We watched Drinkwater's debut; it wasn't very good, but it's another body, and he's pretty experienced. Premier League winner. 
Premier League winners. Say that Chow. goodness knows how. Uh, Man United was my next pick. Obviously got Bruno Fernandes over the line. They've been chasing for about six months. Um, brought in the young keeper from South End and also got a Galo, mm. which is an interesting one. Uh, but there's not much risk attached to that. Dave, uh, I'm actually quite impressed with Newcastle's window, to be honest. Um, Ben Taleb, I know he seems to have had an attitude problem, but I always rated him at Spurs. And <laughs> to be honest, I saw him play in the cup last night against Oxford and he seemed to have a lot of talent and technique, mm. which it, maybe their midfield's been lacking without people like Shalvey who's been out. Uh, Lazaro from Inter looks a really pretty good player, to be honest. Quite exciting. I was surprised they got him. Um, I was too. And Danny Rose. Just a I mean, smart signing, Danny Rose. Yeah, Danny he? Rose, I've not been the biggest fan of him the last couple of seasons. Especially However, Williams out. He is yeah. a proven Premier League centre back, uh, sorry, left back, and obviously, you'd say maybe above Newcastle's level as a, a player. No, Danny Rose has been terrible for like six months or so. I think most Spurs fans would would tell you that he's probably going to a club obvious level. Um, and I'm hate myself for this. I think the club that had the best window of Spurs. Um, yeah. and I know we talked about how they got absolutely fleeced, fleeced for, um, Ericsson. However, um, Bergwin. I think we discussed last week. He looks a good player. Scored in his debut. It's a cracking goal as well. Yeah, we didn't mention that very much. He's got um, um, during the that game review, but blimey, good feet, good close control. It seems to be. He's got bags of pace. Yes, he's honestly. not as he's not like Adama Troyore or Sam Maximan quick, but he's he certainly looks a player. He seems um, very intelligent as well, both on and off the ball. Um, I was impressed with the sort yeah. of space that he was managing to find. Mourinho's going to like him and turn him to William Part 2. <clears throat> um, Gelson Fernandez is another body. I haven't seen too much of him to be able to comment. But Lo Celso, I'm getting more and more impressed with every week. I think he, yeah. they made him permanent in the window. and I think He's that's, a cracking player. He looks really good and I'm really intrigued to see how they um, fit all this attacking um, potential into a squad. Other <laughs> defences. Mourinho. Particularly, it's going to be really interesting to see how they... How they set up now, and then how they set up and integrate all these people into Harry Kane. Because someone like Bergwin and Lo Celso, their their relationship with Harry Kane as the centre forward is going to probably dictate how good they are as a player for Spurs. Um, so to have them almost get baked in while he's injured is going to be actually really interesting to watch if you can stomach a Spurs game. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I certainly can't. Not now, though. Jose's um, in there. One transfer that intrigued me was. Uh, Pablo Marie to Arsenal yeah who obviously must have a bit about him because Man City actually had him from the age of 22 to 25 uh, they only got rid of him in 2019 so obviously he must have something about him for Man City to have signed him uh, and he's been doing very well in Brazil which I know isn't one of the top five leagues but I'm very intrigued to see how he does and it's a pretty low risk signing uh, I would say he's on loan, and if he is to go permanent, the fee involved is quite small. Well, um, Gabriel Martinelli's um, uh, from Brazil, and he's hit the ground running in the Premier League. Yeah, what a great player he is! Um, he, he's going to be something else in a few years, I think. Who had the worst window? I know. Who, I know. Who I think. I'm thinking of Chelsea. Yeah. Because how do you spend all that money fighting the court of arbitration for sport and then not sign anyone? And I know Chelsea's reasoning was they don't want any um, Deadwood in the squad, but they they needed a striker even on loan. I would have done anything to make Edison Cavani happen. Um, anything. One thing that I was thinking teams to the bottom, West Ham got Suchak, who looks an interesting player. However, I don't know how any player's really going to mould themselves into a team that's so defeated. But saying that, Teams like Bournemouth didn't sign anyone. Norwich got a couple of players from the German league. Mm. Pretty much looks like they're resigned to going down, to be yeah. honest. Uh, if they yeah, really they need to start preparing for life. Yeah, in the yeah if they Smart really clubs at this just... point of the season think, right, especially yeah, when you're as drift as Norwich are. Bournemouth have been unlucky because there's a few players they spent a decent chunk on uh, in the summer, but they got injured, like Dan Juna. Um but I really would have liked to see them sign someone, to be honest, especially a striker. 
Callum Wilson's been inconsistent, and Solanke, to be honest, doesn't even look like a Premier League quality player. I, again, I'm not. I know I've seemed against Eddie Howe. I'm not saying this is on Eddie Howe entirely. It's it's on Bournemouth as a whole. But I really think they should have tried to bring a few bodies in just to to get themselves over the line. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, I think. Chaps, we'll probably leave it there this week. Yeah. I know we said we were going to talk about Messi and Barcelona and the mess that goes there, but we probably haven't got enough time to really be able to do it justice. And we want to come back, obviously, after the meeting with Abidal and the board, where it looks sort of like the board's man's going to um, get get the jump, um, which is very sad to see. Um, in terms of in-between pods, Dave, the people want to follow you and keep up your head, hot takes and the fact that you dislike Eddie Howe. And you're yeah, I mean, hopefully... Hopefully no Bournemouth fans send me any hate. But um, uh, where can they find you? At Dave Harris underscore 44 on Twitter. And Mike, you do a bit of football writing. Where, if the people want to find your football writing, can they find it? Uh, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter again. Best place to find it. But I also uh, tweet a lot on the In The Round page. So. He, he does, yeah. <coughs> and um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at WillHunt17. But please, please, please don't. Please instead follow the three of us, but mainly Mike, at In and Around Pod on Twitter. We will be tweeting the pods out from there. We will be tweeting about the goings on during games. You were quite live on live. You were quite busy on deadline day. God, I feel ill. I was busy on deadline day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't get your move, but. Um, Unfortunately not. Uh, and just a quick update on we're currently only on SoundCloud, but um, pretty soon we're going to be on Apple Podcasts, we hope. Yeah. Um, so if you could. Uh, when we're up, we'll let you know via Twitter. And if you give us a subscribe, maybe, maybe if you like the pod, give us a review. Um, but if you do like the pod, make sure to tell your friends about it and maybe share it with them because uh, it'd be nice to, uh, nice to get Dave's and mine's terrible opinions a bit further out into the world. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us this week. And if, uh, if I'm still, me and Dave are still alive, we'll be back next week. If yeah. not, it'll just be me and I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Right. Cheers for listening. See you Take next care. week.